Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Thursday night of Breaking with Brett Jensen. 704-570-1110, as always, is the telephone number. And guys, make sure you follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest of breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And if you follow me on X, then you would realize that who my guest tonight is. My guest is Mecklenburg County Commissioner Pat Cotham, who generally doesn't do a lot of long-form interviews, but she's agreed so kindly to do a long-form interview with me tonight as we continue our preview to the primary. So first of all, Commissioner Cotham, I really do appreciate you joining me tonight. Well, thank you for your kind invitation. Just for clarity, I don't think I've ever been invited for a long interview. <laughs> so, uh-oh. But anyway, I appreciate it very much. Uh, so, Okay, so let's get into a couple of things. I know um, yesterday you had the CMS school board you know, in the in – the, so I know yesterday you had the CMS uh, budget meetings and all that stuff. What was your initial take on all of that yesterday? Yeah, we had we called it a joint meeting. It, it really it was kind of a a preview of the budget meeting, I would say. Um, and we sat um, commissioner next to school board members, so we rotated, and uh, it went from one o'clock to five o'clock, and. Um, at first, we heard from CMS, and then we heard from the county manager, and she talked about what uh, the the county was looking at for, you know, where we'll be because some things have changed, you know, our the um, sales tax has gone down. So you know, it was it was kind of like put your cards on the table, and uh, and then we had questions, and and so it kind of went back and forth, and uh, so it was uh, interesting. And I did, I talked to um, Melissa Easley. I sat next to her. And so we, we talked a lot. And so that was good that I had the opportunity to chat with her uh, about things. So it was, a, it, was, it was a good meeting. I was glad when it was ended, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, did anything stand out to you? Did they get into specifics yet? Or is that still to come? Um, I really wanted to have some more, you know, more exact things. I really would. But, and I did ask about certain things because I asked about um, the number of students they currently had now compared to before COVID. And I asked about how many teachers they had lost. Now I'm one of those, when I ask a question, I already usually know the answer. Um, um, But uh, the superintendent said it was kind of flat. And then I asked for more details, which she did provide. And I asked for it you know, by the end of the meeting, if possible. And she did provide um, a lot of that. And I could see where the numbers, you know, of the students had gone down, um, you know, several, you know, I think it was like 7,000. And uh, she didn't tell me about the teachers, but at least it was a start. So uh, um, that was one thing that I didn't ask a lot of questions, but I did ask that one. Staying with the theme with CMS, we're talking to Mecklenburg County Commissioner Pat Cotham. In the past, you, George Dunlap, Vilma Leek, and a few others have been very, very critical of CMS in the past, and the previous superintendent with Ernest Winston. What's the thought process going into this particular budget? Because it feels like they're going to ask for more every single year. They keep asking for more and more and more, even though the student numbers are staying the same or decreasing. 
So what do you think you and the board's thought process are is going into these uh, these negotiations, if you will? Well, I am uh, usually aligned with um, Commissioner Arthur Griffin and Commissioner Vil Malik, both of whom were on the school board for a long time. And Arthur was, in fact, the chairman of the school board. And uh, I do because they know more ab- about this. And, and our, our chairman, uh, George Dunlap, was also on the school board. But I'm, I'm more aligned with um, Commissioner Leake and, and Commissioner Griffin. And, um, you know, I can never speak for my colleagues. So I can probably only speak, you know, or, or at least give you a strong indication about um, Commissioner Leake and Commissioner Griffin. And we continually want more... Um, uh, data on accomplishments. We have too many African American children who are not reading, and that has started way before COVID. It wasn't just COVID related. COVID certainly made it worse, but it started way before that. And we want the children to be able to read. That is a pretty simple thing, uh, and uh, we're very worried about that. I'm very worried that the number of failing schools has increased. Uh, it had been like 40, 41, and then it went to 51, and then when I, yesterday, it was 59. 59, yet we have increased the amount of funding to them, uh, and we, I know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems. We're living in a very strange time, and there's a lot of trauma in the community, and there's um, a lot of people that are struggling. Even though the economy is good, there's still a lot of people who haven't felt it. And we have provided extra money for counselors and um, school nurses and, you know, psychologists, and we have, you know, put in more wraparound services because that's our goal. You know, the teacher's goal is to teach the kids, and it's it's our goal to have, you know, other professionals there to help. But, um, you know, we still are not seeing the, you know, the progress in kids. I mean, they say they're having growth, you know, and they did show growth, but it still was, you know, in the 50s. Uh, or less. And so it was still not where we wanted to be. So uh, we are always focused on accountability and transparency with this. And, um, and this isn't just in with the, the, the superintendent prior or two, it's gone back several years where we weren't getting what we wanted. And, um, and that's all I know about how to judge something. You know, what are the results? What are the results? And I don't expect everything to be perfect. Not at all, but it, it's just that you know these are children, and we we gotta we have to do more, and if we have to provide more, but what, we have to see some results. So um, anyway, so it's a worry, but I do because they have the expertise. I often do you know really listen to them, and I have other conversations with them offline so that I can better understand. Talking with Mecklenburg County Commissioner Pat Cotham, who is running for re-election as one of five Democrats running for three at-large seats in Mecklenburg County. Early voting started last week, and voting goes up until March 5th. You are also a loud opponent against the $2.5 billion school bond. Um, And there's a lot of things that a lot of people didn't know, including myself, that you were explaining to me that it's really not just a $2.5 billion school bond. Can you talk about that? Um, yes. And if I can first go back and just say um, that I was against it, 
Um, and But the reason was because the most important thing year after year that uh, the community screams at us is affordable housing. And again, the biggest uh, group that needs affordable housing are the people who are in the um, 30% of average medium income. So that means senior citizens, disabled people, young people who are just starting out, hourly workers. So it's, it's not people who are, you know, a, a teacher, she's in a higher higher group or a firefighter or police, they're in a higher group. But so, but we have about 35,000 at least people who need help there. And we, and I stay close to the people and I, I hear the stories about how their rent's going up. I've been to their apartments. I've gone door to door with groups like Action NC and talked to people who are living in corporate um, owned homes and their rent's going up. I'm in eviction court often and the I could not possibly look somebody in the eye that um, I am helping and and tell them that I supported a school bond that's going to raise taxes for several years every year, which in turn will raise rents because people who own rental property, they're going to raise the rents to have that paid. I, there's no way I could. So that that was why we offered a $1 billion bond, and then uh, that would not have raised taxes at all. And so that made sense to me. And we could always, a few years later, do another, you know, 1.5 or whatever. We could, But to do it all at one time, and then to have this bond have that um, clause in it that because of the size and if the county continue to pay on it, as it will, because we're very responsible. Um, and I think it's five years, but you'd probably have to ask the treasurer, but it's at least five years out, then that bond can be renewed for, I think it's two-thirds. I think that's what it is, but you can ask him, but I'm pretty sure it's two-thirds, uh, without any voter input. So that means that this bond could essentially be a $4.1 billion bond. Um and that concerned me because all I could think of is taxes, you know, going up. And, um, and I, again, I stay close to the people who are struggling. And it's not, I mean, a lot of, of course, poor people struggle. But people who are in, in the middle, they struggle too. And I just wasn't, I couldn't look, I, Brett, I couldn't look you in the eye if, if you were telling me your mortgage went up and it was causing you a problem or, your, or the rent for, you know, somebody you love, their rent's going up. I, I couldn't do that. So I just thought it was more practical to do the $1 billion bond. And so did um, my two colleagues, uh, Bill Malik and Arthur Griffin. When we return, we'll continue our conversation with Mecklenburg County Commissioner Pat Cotham, who is running for re-election, as we continue our preview to the primary. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen on this Thursday night. Mecklenburg County Commissioner Pat Cotham is joining me today for a very in-depth interview to talk about things going on within Mecklenburg County and also the re-elections that she's facing right now, as she is one of five candidates running for three at-large Mecklenburg County seats. So I'm curious... With the politics and everything that you've seen just in your time, not in your lifetime, but just in your time serving as county commissioner, there seems to be a lot of toxicity going on right now. What do you attribute it to and how bad is it actually? I think it's extremely bad. And I think it's not just here. 
it's throughout the country. And I, I think it's also around the world. And we are living in a very strange time. And I've never seen so many people make, many of whom I've known for years, and then suddenly they, they've turned into somebody else. And, uh, but people are dealing with a lot of stress and a lot of um, uh, worry and anger, and they're not coping very well, and they're looking for somebody to blame. And so um, it, it, it has, it's, been, it's hard for me to, to, I can't go along with this. I, I'm just, I'm the same as I've always been. And I, I like to just try to figure things out. Um, my journalism background, I always look at everything as a story. And I try to figure out, like, how did we get here? What happened? Just like you just asked me, what happened? This that this is where we are, but um, civil discourse is not a phrase that we hear anymore, and um, it, it, I think it's sad and, and it worries me because people are being they want they want you you have to agree to their this issue they have whatever it is, and if you don't agree. And they're not going to necessarily give you time to understand what the issue is or ask questions. Um, but then you're, you're enemy number one. Then you're no longer uh, – and I think it's on the Republican side too. You know, I see it on both sides. Then you're no longer, you know, Republican. You're no longer a Democrat. And it's just like, well, maybe they're just, you know, somebody who's just not sure. Uh, and I think this is the majority of the people in the middle. And uh, we, I've, I mean certainly in, in North Carolina – um, the parties, I think both parties have lost to the um, members to the unaffiliated group. And the Democrats have certainly probably lost more. We were the biggest party, but, you know, we've lost to the unaffiliated group. And that, that troubles me. And um, so, so it is, uh, I don't understand it, and I, I can't change it. All I can do is be who I am. I'm not going to... Um, threaten people or call them names or be vulgar. I am not that person. Um, and I, when people do that to me, I just tell them, well, thank you for this information. You know, I have to leave now or whatever. Um, but I don't overreact because I don't know what is going on with that guy or that woman. They could have some big, this is how I explain it to my grandchildren. You know, when I'm driving and somebody's you know, being difficult on the road and trying to run me off the road or something. And um, they're like, oh, that's terrible. He shouldn't have done that. I say, well, you know, that man or that woman made a bad decision. And adults can make bad decisions. But we don't know what's going on with that person. We don't know. He could have, you know, his wife is just taken to the hospital. We don't know. So we just have to, all we can do is control ourselves and not respond in the way that he was. And we just have to go forward, and um, but we're never going to understand why, you know, that woman did that or why that person screamed at us. You know, I, I just I just have to go forward, and but I'm not going to I'm not going to get in the gutter. <laughs> that's that's not who I am. I, I I am have been humbled how I've had strong support from the people, and I never want to embarrass them. I never want to, um, and I have seen elected officials you know, make bad decisions. And whether it's be, being vulgar to another elected official, um, but, I, you know, I'm never going to do that. So I, I, 
want to always respect my constituents by being professional. And so I always try to be professional. Uh, you know, I, I might, you know, call a friend later and complain, but, um, you know, it's just, it's just who I am. When we return, we're going to continue our conversation with Mecklenburg County Commissioner Pat Cotham, who's running for re-election. And we're going to talk about her daughter, Tricia, when she did the flip almost a year ago, about 11 months ago, from Democrat to Republican, and maybe some of the impact that she's seen with her personally. And so we're going to talk about that and her campaign when we continue. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Right now, let's swing on over to the WBT Newsroom with Scott Hamilton. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen on this Thursday night. And I'm joined by special guest Mecklenburg County Commissioner Pat Cotham, who is joining me for the entire show tonight. She's also in the midst of a re-election. She's one of five candidates running for three at-large seats with the Mecklenburg County Commission. And over the, what, last three Three, four elections? You've always been the highest vote-getter? Is it like three or four elections now? I don't know. I don't remember. (laughs) It's multiple. (laughs) Uh, Oh, and by the way, will you do your tradition on election night, spending it uh, like feeding or serving food to the poor and stuff? Yes. Yes, I'm always uptown on election night. And then usually some reporter will call me and tell me if I won. (laughs) So that's what will happen. But that's what I I do. Uh, So I look forward to that. And I'm getting ready for doing that. Okay, so I want to talk to you about your daughter, Tricia. Last year, April, she made the big move that went from Democrat to Republican and made national news all over the place. She's still, to this day, getting a lot of hatred, emails and mails and text messages and you know everything else on social media. But the byproduct of that was maybe some of, the, some of that overflow coming towards you. I assume you thought there might be some blowback maybe a little bit associated with you. Did you expect to get as much as you did? Um, I, I didn't, ex- I expected there would be pushback. Um, I didn't expect the intensity of the vulgarity, the intensity of violent acts. I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect damage done to property and threats. I, I didn't expect that. And um, again, I think it, it also goes back to we're living in a society where it seems to be okay to, to do that, to act so viciously uh, on anything you feel, whatever it is, whether it's the elected officials, whether it's, you know, somebody else or something at your school or your employer, you know, people are are acting um, uh, in a very, uh, a way that was not what I have seen earlier in my life. So it's kind of, it's sad, um, but I I certainly, and I have received it myself, and um, I never come back with that same vulgarity. I don't do that. And uh, I just say, well, if you ever need help, feel free to call me. I'll be glad to help you. Uh, and then I'm done. But uh, it, it is, I, I think I worry more about, I mean, I'm older. I, I've been around the block. 
So things don't don't bother me. I've had people be hateful to me over the years, and um, you know it just is what it is. And I just keep doing my job. I just keep working and trying to help people. And I, I'm not. This is not a popularity contest for me. I I don't care if people love me or if they hate me. I do care if people respect me. I want to be respected that I'm I'm a person who does her job and conducts myself in a professional way. Um, I always try to act, you know, in a professional way. So I do want people to respect me, but they don't always have to agree with me on things. And um, so that's just who I am. That's, that's just who Pat Cotham is. Um, but I do, I have worried about uh, my grandchildren, um, what they have seen and heard, and it, it's and people have contacted them. Really? Contacting a kid? Uh, that's pretty shocking. So I've, we've had, you know, talks with him about it, but, um, I I worry about that. And and I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. And, um, you know, I didn't expect some people I've known for a long time. Um, but again, I don't overreact to it. I don't know what's going on with them right now. Why, why, there must be something really going on in their life that they need an outlet to, you know, to be hateful. And so, you know, I'm available. I can, you, they can be hateful to me. And if that makes them feel better, well, okay. You know, I don't, I don't carry it around. But I do, you know, I pray a lot. I trust God to keep me safe, to keep my grandchildren safe, to keep my daughter safe. I do worry about it. And I just continue to pray. And, um, and that's, and I just go forward. And, so, you know, when you have, I have known in life, when you have a very difficult time, which is happening now, uh, not just because of this, of her decision, but in, in all things in life, we're going through a difficult time. You really learn a lot. You can, you can learn a lot, or you can just be mad and angry and not learn anything. Talking with Mecklenburg County Commissioner Pat Cotham, who is one of five at-large candidates running for three spots on the Mecklenburg County Board of Commissioners. I'm curious... How's the campaign going? I know this is a rhetorical question, but how's the campaign going as you're running for re-election? How's the campaign going? Well, I, I've gotten my a lot of my signs out, but a lot of them have been stolen, and a lot of them have been moved. And um, but that that happens, you know, that happens. Um, you know, the campaign season is not a big change for me. Because the only change is I have to go to candidate forums and fill out surveys. That, that's really the only change. Otherwise, I mean, the day after the election, I'll be out helping people, you know. So it, it doesn't really change that much. Um, but, you know, I, I, I never know. I, I never have had a, a team. I've never had a real campaign manager. So I just, I just work hard and... I put some signs out. Sometimes I send mailers out. Um, but, you know, I just show up. So I, I, it's hard for me to, get, to gauge it. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't, have, I don't have somebody analyzing the numbers. I don't have that. I don't know if this is true or not, but word on the street is that you've never had a fundraiser. Well, I had one in 2012. <laughs> so, so 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah I, I had a one in 2012. And um, it was very nice. It was at an attorney uh, at his office, and I was very appreciative. But I haven't had any more of those. 
So, I mean, people sometimes, you know, give me, there's some executive has given me money, and I never, I don't, maybe I've met him, but I really don't remember, but I, I sent him a note the other day and thanked him for his continual support. Um, but, and I, you know, the best donations is when you get one for $10. Some older person, those are the ones that I treasure. That's like a million dollars. They get probably the only donation they ever, you know, made online to somebody. And I treasure those. Or, you know, I have had a few years back, you know, somebody give me a $10 bill. This is for your campaign, you know, $10. And I'm like, thank you. I appreciate this. And I put it on the, on the campaign report. But those are things that mean a lot to me. But I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't do call time. I just, I just work and try to help people. And um, they have rewarded me with their precious vote. And, you know, when people, when I, often at a campaign, you know, some type of a, a forum, they ask, you know, why should, why should we re- elect you? And, and I always, lately, I mean, I've said, well, this is my seventh term. I have been reelected. Um, the people seem to like what I'm doing, and it seems to be working for them. And so I think that's a good reason that they will, you know, continue, because I haven't really changed. They will continue to support me, and I will continue to, to do my best for them. When we return, we'll conclude our conversation with Mecklenburg County Commissioner Pat Cotham. I- Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. I am Brett Jensen, and I'm sitting alongside Mecklenburg County Commissioner Pat Cotham, who is running for re-election, and she is one of five at-large candidates for three seats. During your term and tenure as a county commissioner, you have been known, even though you are a Democrat, to be thrifty when it comes to spending the county's money. You know, not wanting just to give money to everything just because people ask for it. That's always been your reputation. Do you think that's a fair reputation? Uh, yes, I think so. I, I think that's, um, I am, uh, I'm definitely a Democrat, but as money comes around, I'm very conservative. And I want to, again, this is taxpayer dollars. You know, I, from the window, I can look out and see a lady walking to the bus. And I'm thinking her tax dollars are paying for things. And so I'm very conscious. I think a lot of it is just because, I mean, I my parents. I heard about the depression, my you know when I was growing up, and I learned that from my parents, uh, who were born in 1916 and 1917, and I heard about their lives and the struggles. I heard about World War II and and rations and all those things. So I grew up with that. You know, I grew up that you always turn off the lights, and you know you don't waste things. So um, that that's just who I am. And that's, you know, and my grandchildren are always like, Grandma, why are you always turning out the lights? And I'm like, because I'm paying the bill. <laughs> and I want you to tur- turn off the lights. So uh, th- I think there's a lot of people, uh, baby boomers, in uh, who, who are the same way. So I think that's just who I am. But uh, as for the county money, I, you know, I am, I am careful with it. Um, 
I don't spend a lot of money myself. I don't spend money traveling all over the country. Now, they, I'm sure there are things that when commissioners go to Washington or Austin or Seattle or wherever they go, they, they have probably some training. There might be some interesting things. But, um, you know, I can't do that. I just can't do that. I'd rather there's got to be somebody here helping the people. So when they're when they're gone, there's a couple of us who are still here, and so if there's a need, you know, I'll be there to serve it. But I I don't spend money on trips. Um, I don't when I have voted against budgets if it included a raise, I did not accept the raise. So I am the lowest paid commissioner, um, but I I still think people get their bang for the buck with me. <laughs> A couple more minutes here with Mecklenburg County Commissioner Pat Cotham, who is running for re-election. She's one of five candidates running for three at-large seats. So tell me if this is true or not. I heard tell that there are often times that you will go to jails or prisons and pick people up and offer them rides if they don't have a ride upon their release. I was told that once you drove, what, Fayetteville, Rockingham, somewhere way down east, all by yourself, two hours each way to pick someone up who was getting released from jail who did not have a ride back to Mecklenburg County. Is that true? Because I also heard that people were concerned about your safety. Yes, it's true. I don't know if people were concerned. I didn't tell anybody at the time, so I don't even think I told my daughter I was doing it. Um, But yes, I have done that. And... It's moments like that that I'll never forget. I always try to get out early. I remember one man who was from Charlotte, and he had been incarcerated for eight years. And um, to see him walk out of the gate, oh, it was powerful. And he walked out, and he looked around. Of course, he didn't know. I, I couldn't, like, text him, so he didn't know I was there. He didn't know what car I had, and so I got out of the car and just waved to him. And to see him walk out over to me and hug me, it was it was amazing. And I said to him, tell me how you feel at this moment. At this moment, how do you feel? He said, I feel free. I'm scared, and Miss Pat, let's go. That's what he said. So he got in my car, and, um, you know, I got the car started, and then I said, I got to take you back. He said, Miss Pat, we've only gone about, we're not even out of the parking lot. What do you mean you're going to take me back? I said, you've already broken the law. You don't have your seatbelt on. And he said, well, give me some a break. I haven't been in a car in eight years. <laughs> so that's how we started as a left. But um, we had a great ride, and uh, it was wonderful. And I, I had a, arranged ahead of time because he didn't have any place to go. And the county has some great services, and I had arranged with them and with um, Veterans Bridge Home and some other veterans group because he was a veteran. Um, with her, um, you know, a good discharge. You know, he had honorably discharged. And so he, I took him to where he was going to live. And uh, it was, uh, I kept in touch with him and over the years. And he's, you know, he's still doing well. And um, 
but it was it was wonderful. I I was honored to be there to pick him up and bring him back to Charlotte. And he he couldn't. We drove around when we got here, and he's like, "Oh, it's changed so much. You know, everything is so different. I can't believe it." And then I went over to where he used to live, off Batesford Road, and he said, "Miss Bat, this looks the same as when I left." And I said, yes, it does. And I wanted you to see that. So we still have problems here. But um, yes, I do that. And it's a a wonderful experience. And it's helpful. And um, he paid his debt to society. And I wanted to celebrate that. Closing seconds here with Mecklenburg County Commissioner Pat Cotham, who is running for re-election on the at-large ballot, one of five candidates running for three seats. Anything that you'd like to say over the next 30 or 45 seconds, I offer this to every single candidate that I talk to at the end of the program. So is there anything that you'd just like to say over the next 30 seconds or so? Well, I would just say that there's an election coming up, and uh, I hope people – their voice is important, and it matters, and we need to hear from you. And so I hope people vote. And uh, I hope they also bring somebody to vote. We have a lot of young people who do not vote. And I was one of those people in the late 60s and early 70s that um, protested and had big efforts at my university um, to lower the voting age. You know, we had to use clipboards and paper in those days, but we had a lot of big rallies to lower the voting age because I was spending my time going to funerals of 19-year-old boys who died in Vietnam but they couldn't vote and they couldn't buy a bottle of beer, but they could die for their country. And so I think voting is important and I hope uh, people take advantage of it. Your voice matters. Commissioner Pat Cotham, I really do appreciate you joining me today. Thank you so much. This was great. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. Tomorrow we continue our preview to the primary. I'm Brett Jensen and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.